Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Mid-America. You know, statistics state that 85% of churches in America are either plateaued or declining. And for most plateaued churches, that really means declining. And I'm sorry to start this episode off with such a depressing statistic, but that doesn't give a whole lot of confidence that a church can, quote unquote, turn things around. Well, I'm here to tell you today that I happen to believe that it can happen, that churches can turn things around. And I get up every day to help churches do just that. I believe God wants to restore churches that are broken or lost sick or even dying, and I firmly believe that your church can be one of them. So in this episode, I I wanted to provide you and your church with hope, hope from a church that is seeing a new day. Dr. Chris Dodd is lead pastor at New Community Church in Dalton, Illinois, located in the South Chicago metro area. Chris is seeing revitalization happen that is not only changing his church, but his entire community. And I'm so grateful for Chris, not only for the ways that he serves our movement, uh, but for his friendship as well. So Chris, welcome to the podcast. I have officially made it. Wow. I'm on Brian Moe's podcast. I don't don't know what to do with myself. I'm pitching myself. Uh, This is is almost race as exciting as maybe the birth of my children. This is amazing. Oh, oh, oh my this is amazing. goodness. This is amazing. Oh, be, behave yourself now. Behave yourself. Hey, uh, this is going to be a fun one, I can tell. Um, and I'm so grateful for you being on. But hey, when we start out, we like to start out, we need to hear the Chris Dodd story. Uh, get, give us just a two-minute snapshot of who you are and a little bit about your church. Sure. Um, my name is Chris Dodd. I am originally from the south side of Chicago. Uh, I did my undergrad at Northern Illinois University. Go Huskies. Go Mac. (laughs) Um, I did my seminary education at uh, Northern Seminary, which is not affiliated with Northern Illinois University. Uh, That's where I did my MDiv and my DMIN. And uh, I just thought it would be good if one school by the name of Northern gave me a degree. And so uh, I've been married for 21 years. Uh, to Shalonda Dodd, who actually on this coming Saturday uh, will graduate with her Master of Divinity. Uh, So the physical ceremony will be social distancing. So uh, it's going to be a great weekend for the Dodd house. Uh, I have three daughters, uh, Kennedy, who is a freshman at, I'm sorry, a sophomore at Northern Illinois University. Uh, I have a sophomore, Reagan Dodd, who's a cheerleader at TF South High School. And Madison Dodd, who is in her in fifth grade at Calvin Christian School in South Holland. Yes, all of my children are named after dead presidents. And it's a bipartisan household. There are Republicans and Democrats uh, within my household. So uh, I'm the only child. And uh, that's just a little bit about me. 
That's awesome. Uh, you know, no, no offense, but you know, Reagan is my, my favorite of your children because of her name. So, uh, that's, uh, but then again, I just became partisan. So I apologize for that. Uh, Hey, tell me a little bit about your church and specifically tell me a bit about how you became pastor at new community. And, and maybe, uh, you know, as you share a little bit about what that was, what, what were some of the challenges right out of the gate for you? So, so hopefully that all makes sense. Tell me about your church. Tell me about how you became pastor of it. And then what were the challenges for you right out of the gate as pastor? Wow. Wow. That's a, it's going to be in the book. It's going to be in the book. So uh, (laughs) I've been at New Community Church, the church where God and people are loved since January of 2013. It's an interesting story. I was a church planner with Converge. Uh, in 2006, I walked away from corporate America. Uh, we started a church plant in the Lansing community, which is the south suburbs of Chicago also uh, in 2006. And uh, one of my uh, mentors uh, was my actually my, the predecessor. Uh, New Community is formerly Lormer Memorial Baptist Church. I know uh, it's tough to spell and it's tough to market with the name Lormer. Yeah. Uh, But a little bit about the church. Uh, It's a hundred and thirty three years old. And uh, my predecessor had a commitment to racial reconciliation. Uh, As uh, you mentioned earlier, we are located in Dalton, uh, which is a community uh, that has transitioned. Um, it is probably at this point, I would say 97% African-American. And in 20, at the beginning of 2012, we begin to think through what it might be like if two converged churches merge together, uh, and the words of, uh, converge better together, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. our church. I would say the strength of our church at that time, the church plan is we did really good with young families. Uh, the strength of new community at that time, uh, their systematic structure. Uh, and we felt as though, it, you know, through prayer, it would be a win-win for both churches. And so uh, quick newsflash about it. Um, we actually, so we went through three phases. It was the um, dating where I would come preach uh, at New Community and Pastor Dan would come to uh, our church and preach. Uh, Then we did the engagement, looking at financials and creating a systematic way to engage both our congregations if this is of God. We were renting from the local high school and uh, we ended up um, worshiping together as one church before the official date uh, in I would say that I think it was October of 2012. Don't do that. Don't do that. And uh, <laughs> needless to say, um, the merger was approved at, um, I want to say, over 95 percent through both congregations. And one of the I would say the the biggest challenge that we dealt with, and I believe that this episode is handle is dealing with church culture is we were a blended family trying to figure out what the new culture was going to be. And there's a great book by, uh, I think it's uh, Sam Chan, and he talks about, it's a great resource of how do you 
evaluate your church culture. And there's a statement in the book that talks about how uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Hmm. So I don't care how great a vision you you came down with your Moses moment uh, based upon the culture or the existing culture, it will eat your vision and strategy for breakfast. And there's an analogy of having a filet mignon steak served on a dirty plate. Hmm. And that was very apparent. Uh, one of the first initial challenges uh, that uh, I began to face while uh, at New Community. So let let me understand correctly then. So in 2013, the merger uh, officially happened. And so you took a church plant uh, that was young families and you took a an existing church uh, that was a hundred and some years old. Um, and my guess is that the makeup of that uh, church that you merged with probably didn't look like the city of Dalton. Am I correct in that? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So how, how, how did that happen? Because it, when I go to your church now, it very much reflects uh, the city of Dalton. Uh, and so what what happened in that? What? How did that culture change? You know, the culture eats uh, strategy and vision for lunch. So how how did that change take place? What were the, uh, how, how long did it take uh, for that culture to, to take shape? Well, it is a very, it, it's not a microwave process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know how much uh, many of us enjoy our minute rice and instant oatmeal. Uh, it is uh, if you think that you're going to come in and revitalize uh, a church with rich tradition and culture, um, no matter how great you might think your preaching and your leadership strategies are, yeah. uh, you will burn out extremely fast. Um one of the challenges that we dealt with, uh, I don't think, you know, as I look back on it, uh, the people at New Community at that particular time, I don't think that they had an opportunity to grieve the way things were. Hmm. Um, all of a sudden, you have someone with a different preaching style um, than a different um, Myers-Briggs and personality, mm-hmm. um, um, different strengths and different weaknesses. Uh, and then on top of that, so the preaching is changing, the leadership is changing, uh, the music. <laughs> I, I don't know what we were doing, but it wasn't good. Uh, I was trying <laughs> to blend these two <laughs> uh, musical styles, uh, gospel and um kind of more of a tradition. It, it was a mess. And I don't think that people had the opportunity to grieve uh, why they came to that church. Like I said, my predecessor, um, he made a major commitment in regards to racial reconciliation. And that was a, a very honorable thing. I think a very biblical a stance. Um, And I think that it it went very well until the neighborhoods, the neighborhood no longer looked like a multi-ethnic neighborhood. Um, As I, you know, so 
by the time of early 2005, six, um, it's becoming more and more African-American. And one of the even reasons for the merger is because um, when myself and Pastor Dan were talking, um, he knew that my passion was community development. At that time, I was in school for um, pursuing my D-man in uh, Christian community development. And so we thought that that this would be a smooth transition of uh, not doing away with reconciliation, but the next steps being um, community development and social economic reconciliation. And, you know, I think that we bathed it in prayer. We did the spiritual things, but um, <laughs> adversity is going to pick his head up. So you're not only dealing with spiritual warfare, but but also just level of comfort. You know, nobody really likes change and especially that fast. And looking back, um, I I just think that people didn't have the the time to emotionally assess. uh, I believe there's another book out, Who Stole My Church, right? Yeah. And I think that that many of the former Lorma members felt that way. And then with New Community, I'm sorry, with our church plant, uh, we weren't getting what we wanted either because the the flavor of our experience had changed also. So no, nobody gets what they want. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think that's, that's probably uh part of the real culture change, right? Is it's really a third culture that's, that's forming. Uh, so for a while, the first culture, the next culture uh, there there's, you almost have three churches for a while. And, uh, and then at some point that becomes a, 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 a brand new experience and you either embrace that or, or you leave that. Um, one, one of the things that I share all the time, and it's not new to me, I stole it as well, is, is that, you know, a revitalization is about a seven year process. Um, and, uh, and usually the first couple of years are okay. Uh, about years three to five is when things start getting really ugly and you want to leave. Um, it's not fun, and and I know that that was true for you yes. as well as as we talked, and um, um, and then it really you start to see the fruit of all of that labor and all of that hard work in kind of years six and seven, and so um, if I think that's probably true for you as well, uh, but how, what what in that what do you think has been the most significant changes to the church as you have made the changes that you have? You know, a, a, as you can look back now, sort of hopefully, Lord willing, at least for a season, to be on the on the uh, on the uh, riding the wave part of your revitalization. What are what are some of the most significant changes you've seen? Well, I, I'm grateful. Um, there's a question um, that's asked. I forget what community development book it is, but it it asks the question: If your church left the community, uh, would the community grieve uh, that you're no longer there? Mm-hmm. And at this point. Um, I would say that we have, um, by the grace of God, made some very strong uh, impact uh, within the community of Dalton. Uh, we have a, a before and after school program, uh, which is run by one of our members that focuses on uh, academic excellence, um, which is run by Dr. Scott. Uh, we have a partnership uh, with the National Organization Meals on Wheels. And uh, 
pre-COVID where we feed uh, seniors that are in your building, uh, we're in our building Monday through Friday. Of course, we don't have, uh, we just have a, they're able to pick up lunch now, but uh, you know, so we're able to evangelize with people that are right, you know, most people are, how do you get them in the building? And so we're, we're grateful for the after school program, Meals on Wheels. We have another partnership uh, with Easter Seals, uh, which is a Head Start organization. Uh, this, we have a food pantry, a clothing closet. And I truly believe that if we were to pick up and move, our community uh, would, would grieve that we weren't there. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm grateful for that. Boy, that's let, let me just uh, affirm that is one of the ways that you know <laughs> that revitalization is taking place in your church is that your community would be really bummed if you left. Um, and so if if you're listening to this and you're saying, you know, I'm not sure our community would care if we closed our doors, you are a church that needs to think about revitalization. What is that going to mean? Because at the end of the day, our job is to take the gospel uh, to lost people, and those lost people are in our community. And I know, Chris, that that yeah, you are uh, about community uh, revitalization and community improvement and all that sort of stuff. But it's not just for the community; it's it's for the for the sake of the name of Jesus. And so everything is gospel saturated. So uh, 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 this isn't really in the script, and I I do this every time just to stump my guests. But give me a story of how you have seen the gospel in your revitalization in that community involvement really uh, take shape. <laughs> wow. Um, a couple of different stories. This, this one is, uh, we had an outreach event um, about a year or so ago where we did something outside or whatever like that. And uh, <laughs> one of my daughter's uh, friend uh, came to the service and to make a long story short, uh, her cell phone uh, got, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, someone borrowed it, right? <laughs> sure. They borrowed the cell phone. And, um, you know, so it was a problem. Uh, but the thing about it, I guess the person that borrowed the phone found out that it was a friend of the, the pastor that does the things within the community. And let's just say the phone came back. Wow. Right. And so, um, yeah, that, that meant a lot to me Yeah, <laughs> uh, because I had, you know, you know, it's, it just means a lot that the community thinks that we're a place that, um, that's doing things well enough that it would change behavior. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I wasn't expecting that question. You might have to edit it out. I, I tried to clean it as, as, as clean as I could. I seem to remember <laughs> that, actually. I think I may have. Why do I feel like I was with you when that when that story <laughs> took place? Anyway, um, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. What what can you say to the pastor? listening to this that's in the early days of a church revitalization you know either they're man this this seems this is a great idea this is going to be great or they're in that year 3 to 5 like i don't this is not fun anymore what what would you say to that pastor uh it would be four l's um four l's to that pastor the the first thing would be love the people um God has called us to shepherd his people. And I, I, 
it, it, it's not it's not easy um but love the people mm. um uh, the second thing would be um not only love the people listen mm. to the people um you know i i came in with quite a bit of ideas and i like to see i think i have pretty good ideas you know but um the true way you can love someone is listen i'll never forget um actually the young lady helped me a lot in uh finishing my doctoral thesis her her name is dominique newman Uh, she's a caucasian uh, girl uh, redhead and she asked a question and you know, she she came to New Community Church because of the diversity, and and her heart was, uh, Pastor Chris, with all these changes, do do you care, mm. um, about the white people in your congregation, you know, mm. and part of me was, you know, like, what what do you mean? I'm, you know, but what she was literally, you know, just reflecting this, like, man, you're you're making these changes and this is a church that's committed to diversity. I know the community uh, has changed, but do, do you love us that we're still there? Yeah. And uh, you know, now she's, she's a, a, a advisor in many ways, you know, and sometimes it, you just need to sit down and l- love the people, listen to the people. Um, and we talked a little bit about number three, you, you, you know, which which is very this might even be the most challenging is uh, be committed to the long haul. Hmm. <laughs> you know, this isn't. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to stretch. Well, it stretched me um, in areas of my my weaknesses. Right. Uh, many times we, we like to you know, we're on a, uh, a podcast to talk about uh, revitalization but but i i was able to see my weak points and they were exposed um and so uh the last thing would be learn mm. right you're you're not only learning about the congregation but you're, you're learning about yourself um and i had to be get to the point where i was comfortable uh, in being who god had called me to be right this church has such great history. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. my predecessor was an extremely strong leader, um, great preacher, great strategic gifting. Um, but at a point you have to uh, learn to be who, who God, be comfortable with who God has called you to be. And God called you there. Um, there's a purpose in him bringing you to the community where he sent you and be committed to the long haul until he says something else. Um, because God is te- I've learned more in my struggles uh, than I have on, you know, the mountaintop community development things is what God has shaped in me. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think there's uh, some, well, there's all sorts of really good things in, in what you just said, but um, you know, I think that's a really important one is God does not waste a struggle. <laughs> God does not waste the Valley for us. And um um, and so don't look necessarily, it's so easy to say when you're not in it, but don't look at the valley 
as uh, as this horrible thing that um, you know uh, always a why God why God, uh, but the valley is there to shape you uh, uh, it, it, to be a better pastor, to be a better follower of Christ, to be a better husband, to be a better dad, um, and so listen to what God is saying during those times. And and then the the second piece of that I think as as you're saying that is. You can't do something like this on your own. And um, I know that you were able to travel, especially some of the difficult days, those valley days, uh, with other people. And um, so just... You, you, Brian, <laughs> you. Not, I got to give a Brian Moog testimony. No, no. Allow me to cry on his shoulder. I, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it was such a great example to me about why you need tribe, why you need to be a part of something bigger than yourselves, just so you can walk through it with somebody. And, and, you know, yes, I I was able to be a part of it, but I mean, there were other people who were absolutely a part of it and other churches that were a part of it. And, and, and just being able to have those conversations to know that you're not crazy in the midst of some craziness that takes place, I I think is, is so important. Hey, I I promise there are people that are going to want to uh, pick your brain a little bit and ask you some questions. And so if if someone wanted to get a hold of you and talk more about what this whole revitalization thing would look like uh, for them and, and maybe some more things that you learned along the way and all of that, how, how could they get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on and direct message me on Facebook, all the social media platforms at Dr. Chris Dodd. Uh, my email address is pastornc1104 at gmail.com. Yes, I do have a birthday coming up. Um, ah. So we can, you know. Have, yeah. So, that was for uh, my I, I benefit, to, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I like to go ride my bike. We can have a revitalization conversation while we're riding bikes. Yeah. Um, and so however I can help yeah. uh, because someone helped me. Yeah. Hey, man, I, I am super grateful that you did this. I appreciate you a great deal. Um, I, we always ask uh, the guests to close in a word of prayer, just to sort of pray a prayer blessing on on pastors who, again, may be going through this very uh, revitalization process and are, are, are needing uh, that, that spiritual uplift even, even today through, through this prayer. So would you pray? Lord, your word tells us to be not weary in well-doing, that we shall reap a harvest if we faint not. And so, God, I pray for um, the pastors that are listening to this podcast, Lord, um, asking that you minister to their soul, oh God, um, that it's okay to cry. Mm. uh, It's okay uh, to reach out for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to be vulnerable, God, because uh, you let us know that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. Lord. So I pray uh, for those churches and uh, Lord, that you would give them perseverance, uh, that you would uh, grant them patience, uh, but you would empower them uh, with your spirit. Lord, I pray for their families. Oh God, because uh, the calling that you placed upon us uh, has a tremendous effect on our wives and our children. Lord, I pray 
uh, for healthy marriages. Uh, I, I pray for that pastor that's uh, trying to juggle uh, revitalizing the church and be a good husband and mm-hmm. trying to figure out the learning and COVID mm-hmm. uh, challenges with his family and church. Bless him, oh Lord. Thank you for Brian, Lord. I pray a special blessing over him and his family, oh God. And Lord, we know that uh, with you, all things are possible, Lord. So continue to strengthen us uh, for this walk. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I trust that you have been encouraged today as you've heard this podcast to keep fighting for the gospel, to keep Jesus forefront in everything you do as pastor. And finally, that you would trust that he has you. Uh, He loves you and he has chosen you to lead your church in this day. So blessings to you. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing Advance with your friends. And finally, if you haven't yet, don't forget to check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergement America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.